And one important recommendation that we made, for me personally, that's the most important recommendation, is that um, one important way to protect democracies in the digital age is to insulate the satisfaction of basic needs of people from market mechanisms. And, mm. and people might then say, oh, what does this have to do with digital, right? Mm. Nothing. I think it has a lot to do with the digital because when people don't have to worry about buying housing, buying education for their children, mm. um, or communicating with their hospitals, with their doctors, um, getting access to healthcare, when, when those things are provided um, to everyone in, independent of their ability to pay, then we're insulated from some of the, the data harms that come from um, consumer profiling, that come from, um, from ad tracking and other harms that, from the idea that people now should be paid for their data um, mm. individually, the monetization of individual um, data. So we, we, we protect citizens from those harms by doing that. I had the privilege to welcome Professor Dr. Barbara Preinsack in the Ars Boni Laundry series today. Barbara is a professor of political sciences at the University of Vienna, and she is the chair of the European Group on Ethics in Science and New Technologies. This is a body that gives advice to the European Commission and other European stakeholders on the most pending issues the continent is confronted with. In this case, in particular, we were talking about the last publication of the group, which is on democracy in the digital age. I hope that you enjoy this conversation with the brilliant Barbara Peinsack as much as I did. Good afternoon, Barbara. It's such a pleasure to have you here again. Um, we are talking about one very important paper of the European Group on Ethics. Um, and uh, the, the name of the group is not exactly European Group on Ethics. It's European Group on Ethics in... Uh, in science and new technologies. I was just about to yeah. compliment you for being so well prepared. No, I am <laughs> in a way, but okay. I, I do know that it's science and new technologies. And I'm, 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 the reason why I'm asking this is because the new in the new technologies is of course of interest. So my, my yeah. question would be, what exactly is a new technology? <laughs> That's not a very easy question. So um, the, the European Group on Ethics, which is short for the full name that you just mentioned, um, was established uh, in 1991 um, with a mandate to advise the European Commission president and the Euro European Commission more broadly on... Um, ethical dimensions related to um, to science and new technologies. So those mm. terms are not defined in, in the statutes and in the mandate. Mm. Um, we do actually have discussions in within the group on what we mean by technologies mm. um, in, in the context of specific topics that we discuss. Mm. So with the most recent um, opinion that we published, we published it uh, just last month in June. Mm. Um, we did have quite a lengthy discussion. What do we mean by new technologies? Do we mean and everything you know in the widest sense of the word, everything that turns an input into an output? Mm. 
and then the question is what is new right mm. yeah but do that, we mean yeah. digital technologies yeah and we decided we decided to not limit the remits or we understood our mandate in this context not to be limited to the remit of digital technologies in the strict sense of the word but really to be looking at any kind of technologies that make it more difficult um, yeah make it more difficult to protect democracies in the digital era and any technologies that can also help in protecting democracies in the digital era so we're not limited to digital technologies um in theory financial technologies um mm -hmm. governance technologies mm -hmm. um they would all be included in our remit however we had to focus we had to zoom in in specific areas of course yeah but i mean the reason why i'm asking this is that my impression is that whenever something is digital people call it new and that yeah. has started somewhere i don't know 30 years ago probably with the internet and since then we are quite used to still talk about new technologies yeah. meaning the internet or digitalization meaning this although one half of the population <laughs> was born in that time right so i i yeah. I, I, i i'm i'm quite reluctant in or, or let's put it like this in my view this is already a symptom of how society as a whole is fighting with uh with this new 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 thing called digitalization uh, <laughs> yeah, but we did not in the he we did not consider the digital to be new but yeah but your man i mean the mandate of the whole institution is in a way that you should deal with something which is new right and i i'm i'm not sure whether it's still new <laughs> no Or, but this is why we didn't yeah. focus on yeah, on, on, on yeah. digital technologies we yeah. we understood um or we do understand also in the context of other opinions and statements um technologies as um something that has a material substrate mm -hmm. but that also consists of practices so technology is always technology in use yeah. um as as uh, Stefan Timmermans uh, mm -hmm. uh called it so when we consider technologies in use as or if we define technologies as as something that is always instantiated in, pra as in, in practice, mm -hmm. then we will ha understand new technologies as something that changes routines, that changes how specific phenomena mm -hmm. of social or political life um, are appearing in our world. So mm -hmm. in, in that sense, there's quite an inclusive, a wide definition of what a new technology is. Mm -hmm. So it is not only the material substrate, but mm -hmm. it is really how it's used. And um, there's a fantastic book, and embarrassingly, um, the, the name of the author doesn't come to mind, um, but I'm sure it can be put in the <laughs> show notes when all technologies were new. And, and that really shows that a lot of the technologies that are seen or were seen mm -hmm. at the time as new technologies were new in the sense that they disrupted practices mm -hmm. that they disrupted how or they changed how 
um, people communicated or they changed how goods were transported. Yeah. Although the technologies themselves had been around for a much longer time, but mm. what really changed the world was how they were suddenly used. Yeah. So often they were used in a different way than they were intended to be used by the inventors. Mm. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, um, I think an argument could be, could be made, and I'm interested in how you think about it, an argument could be made that um, certain types of what is called artificial intelligence are even new at the moment because mm-hmm. they disrupt certain practices. Um, so this is how we approach the idea of the new. We wouldn't call the digital new as such, Mm. Digital practices, which is actually a a term that I prefer over Mm. technologies. So digital practices disrupt how things are done in certain areas. I shouldn't always use the term disrupt. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I avoided it before, (laughs) right? right. But not because I don't like it. It's more because it's such a buzzword. Everyone is, and and therefore I don't use it. But I I think still, I think it's a quite proper explanation of what's happening, right? So yeah, in the literal in, sense. In, in the yeah. literal sense, it's yeah. a disruption that we are seeing and, and, and we have been seeing disruptions for the last 30 years or so, which is why probably new is still a proper term if if yeah. there is this equivalence between disruption and being new. Um, but but on the other hand, as I said, a lot of the things that, that, that are new are digital and they are not really new. They are disruptive yeah. or they have been disruptive. So perhaps... Uh, the European group on ethics is dealing with disruption then and and science and and uh, but that would be a, a more problematic term probably to use than than new technologies and and there's quite some I mean there's quite some history behind the term I mean this is also interesting in my view that it's lead, often leading back to the 90s so mm-hmm. really when the internet started to be to be a common phenomenon uh, and and then the average researcher and the average politician started to to work on or to deal with the internet, right? And yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But I, I think you, you put it very well. Yeah. Um. So in the literal sense, newness mm. is what what disrupts, um, yeah. older practices, and very often, the technologies that with the help of which of, this is done absolutely. have been around for a long mm. time, and and the 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 momentum that changes things is often that. There's a much wider uptake, sometimes because technology becomes easier to produce. So there's another reason why it suddenly, quote unquote, takes off. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the the example that you're using AI is an excellent example for this, because the the moment this this scientific field was born is 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 long long time ago it's older yeah. than we are right so and i wouldn't call that new in the sense of exactly. right so it goes back to the 50s probably at least right and and some of the structures even further so okay so then um so th- this means that the european group on ethics deals with um something which has the potential to be disruptive not necessarily coming with digitalization but many of the phenomenons you are dealing with are related with uh, digitalization. Yeah, to give you an example. So yeah. in, in the in the most recent opinion on democracy in the digital era, um, we dro- we're drawing attention to what what we could call the political economy of digital practices. So mm-hmm. the the structures of ownership, um, yeah. mm-hmm. the the aspects pertaining to democratic control. So everyone is worried about public spaces and and platforms that 
make create public spaces nowadays um, are unethical and we could come up with all kinds of practices that are problematic in, in, in all different ways. Mm. We think the we argue that the solution doesn't consist of making those practices more ethical, mm. but part of the solution must be to, to reinstate, to bring back democratic control Mm. over those public spaces. Um, and very often this will mean to change ownership, ownership structures. Mm -hmm. So the, the paradigmatic cafe that Jürgen Habermas sort of mm. saw as an ideal of um, deliberation, and I'm not saying that it was, I don't agree with Habermas that this ever was an ideal, but it was certainly in many ways more, more inclusive and less problematic than this, the public spaces of today which are shaped by um, by commercial interests. And this mm. is how they how those spaces then behave. So keeping people on those platforms with the help of outrageous pictures and conspiracy narratives and other things and, and also some of some positive images of course, that's how those public spaces are then operate and it can't be fixed by trying to get um, the platform owners and, and or the content providers to be more ethical mm. it can only be done by by changing the incentive structure and 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 eventually actually democratic control and ownership over those spaces mm. so here the technology that we deal with is a legal instrument ownership mm. and we believe that that is in a way, in, a pub, in public discourse sometimes, not discussed enough. But mm. that is also a technology. Katerina Bistor wrote a whole book uh, about mm. this, The Code of Capital, that mm. really shows that the technology of, of law mm. is a, uh, was, was a tool to um, enable enclosures, to enable some of, the, some of the, um, the, the, the problems that we're now trying to solve, having mm. to do with an accumulation of power, an accumulation of of um, resources and mm. so on and so on. Yeah, but in this case, um, it's not really disruptive because it's more, I mean, this is 2000 years of, of private law and civil law that Pistor is writing about. So, um, yeah. but but perfectly understandable that um, technologies do not necessarily mean computers, right? Um, yeah. Often it's the interplay between the computer and the, the, the analog traditional scientific technology that makes things disruptive then and and, and exactly it's yeah. the interplay you're absolutely yeah. right mm. so law law mm. as a as a technology to cement yeah. particular asymmetries of power and agency or to even increase them is not a new technology it's a technology yes. but not a new one yeah. your point is very well taken mm. but there's as as you said there's a kind of interface between, or there's a combination, yeah. a coincidence of those kinds of technologies and new digital technologies, newer digital technologies, mm. um, and and social and political changes that render those platforms particularly attractive. Mm. I'm thinking also of COVID. When a lot of mm. communication happened on platforms that would normally happen offline, 
not everywhere in the world, but in some places. So that, that coincidence of all of those developments and all of those technologies creates a moment that changes things and that um, poses particular challenges and could also maybe be part of a solution. So we, mm. we don't have a dystopic, I mean, I'm, I'm emphasizing problematic aspects here, but we don't have a dystopic view of, of, of um, technologies in the digital age as such, of yeah. course. Yeah. Let me just come back before we talk about the paper per se, um, which is, of course, the most important part of this conversation. Let me just come back about the the group um, and, and the role of the group, because what we are doing at the moment, in my view at least, is a very, very interesting academic debate, but it's mm. an academic exchange of opinions in a way. When somebody with a political science background talks to someone with a legal background and the outcome is hopefully better understanding of the world. However, the European Group on Ethics has a role. It's not purely academic in a sense. It's, it's, um, and, and, and one of the first things that you are writing um, in the paper is that the, the, the president of the European Commission addressed the group. And so it has a, it has a role and, and the outcome of this has a purpose. Um, and, and you as the spokesperson of this uh, group are, are in another role perhaps than just being purely an academic there. Yeah. And I would, I would, I would very much appreciate if you could tell us more about how you see the role of the whole group and the role of yourself being an academic in in this interplay then between you know stakeholders such as the Commission, other European institutions, academia, the different members of the group probably having different interests on their own. So, so what? How how is this sorted out? <laughs> So the, the members, the 15 members of the European yeah. Group on Ethics, um, which I have the privilege to chair, they are appointed by the Commission President, mm -hmm. in this case uh, Ursula von der Leyen, on the basis of their expertise. So we are not country representatives or we're certainly not representatives of certain disciplines or mm -hmm. or um, organizations. So mm -hmm. we, we, are, we are supposed to provide independent advice. Um, and can one do this? I mean, if one is appointed in such a role by one of the key players, it depends on how and what understanding of independent you have. If independent is free from all imaginative, disciplinary, and other constraints, no. Mm. But we. Um, that there are a lot of structures and mechanisms in place to ensure that there is um, that there is no influence even from the Commission mm -hmm. on on the expertise that we provide. For example, um, there is a scoping process um, mm. preceding opinions where um, different. Uh, parts of the European Commission um, get together and discuss what kind of expertise they would like to, what kind of mm -hmm. opinions and advice they would like to get from, mm -hmm. the, European, uh, from the European Group on Ethics. Mm -hmm. um, and that process is managed by the Commission, so this process is not managed by us. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there's a scoping paper that comes our way, we have an opportunity to comment on the scoping paper and say, Listen, we cannot 
answer this question mm -hmm. um, in the next four months and you want the opinion in the next four months or mm -hmm. we, we could also say um, we believe that this aspect would also be important to incl be included but that whole mechanism mm -hmm. is one where there's I wouldn't say a, a, a clear wall between the commission mm -hmm. and the members of the EGE but it's not uh, a process where we're constantly hanging out with people in the DGs and mm -hmm. They tell us more or less mm -hmm. how we should frame the problem, and mm -hmm. and and we have the opportunity, we have the possibility, of course, even when um, the question to us has been posed and the scoping process has been concluded, to deviate from that, to say that we understand the mandate in a different way. So mm -hmm. we we don't normally really deviate from this because the, the scoping is a very um, well-functioning process and it's a lengthy mm -hmm. process and so normally the questions that we get asked have been well considered um, but we have on occasion thought that the way that a particular question is worded mm -hmm. might not get to the bottom of what we consider the problem so mm -hmm. again to make this more concrete with regard to the um, opinion on, on um, democracy in the digital era we thought that we didn't want to limit democracy to um, protecting free elections. Yeah, you are um, stating this very clearly, right? And you yeah. even introduce a new concept of thick democracy, right? In, yeah, which in, in English doesn't sound so <laughs> great. I recognize yeah. that. But, yeah. but so well, we, we decided that, but, to kind yeah. of expand the, yeah. the or have a, have a more expansive understanding of democracy mm. than just the ma majority yeah. wins, right? Yeah, yeah you're yeah. clear on that. Yeah, yeah. So in that sense, I but think that that shows that the, the advice that we provide is independent in the sense that we are not yeah, sticking yeah. to the exact yeah. questions that we are asked, and and we don't dare to go one inch beyond that. Yeah, I see that. But I, if I may, however, yes, I mean, one of the things that I find very, very interesting in the paper um, is that you are. Uh, in inter alia and relatively late also dealing with some of the legislative acts that were proposed or are proposed by the commission and some some of your remarks there is is rather critical in my reading and and is rather technical in a legal sense so mm -hmm. so for example you are there is a page that i've found very interesting about the relationship between uh, gpr and and ai act and other upcoming acts so this is this is critical in the sense that that uh, one of the arguments you are making here is that uh, that it, you might end up in a situation where GDPR and AI Act do not fully correspond, and because of the fact that it, the AI Act is not fully in line with the concept of GDPR when it comes to personal data and so on, and and that that might have a negative impact on the whole framework. But you are. This is very descriptive in a way, right? Yeah. It's not normative. You're not telling the commission in that moment that they should rephrase uh, the proposal or that they should perhaps abstain from the proposal. It's more, it's 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 critical, but not fully critical in the sense, right? And I, when I was reading that, I, w I, I thought about, well, could they, could you? We uh, could. You could. Mm -hmm. We could, and we, of course, sometimes compromise when there is no 
I wouldn't say there's no consensus. Clearly, there is consensus within the group. Otherwise, mm. we wouldn't be able to publish this. But there are sometimes more what you might call radical positions on a particular issue mm. and less radical positions. And then we, we meet where the group agrees that this is important to say. Mm. So we for, for this particular opinion, we it was important to us to, to um, acknowledge um, that the European Commission is taking good steps in right directions in some ways, but mm. much more needs to be done. And mm. of course, as an academic, as somebody who works also on some of those issues in my own work, I have my, my individual opinion on that as well. And that's mm. not, that goes on in some places beyond what we've put in the opinion. However, mm. um, what is in the opinion is, is something I can fully agree with. Yeah. Um, and I think if you asked my colleagues in the EGE, they would say the same thing, that on individual issues, their own views are, they go beyond what, what we say, but we go for... It sounds maybe more negative than, than it is to say we go for the common denominator, but, but mm. that's what you have to do in a group of 15. Yeah, I think this is what I'm so interested in. I'm sorry that I'm sticking so much to that point because I think it, it is a, a very fundamental question about academic work in the sense yeah. because many of us are doing such, such additional work such as consultancy in, for a public body and, 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 and one of the prices you need to pay for this is that you always need to find a compromise in, within the group already and, you, and, and, and there are all kinds of um, formal and informal rules to follow or to break and, and you can't break too many of them simultaneously. And the outcome of this is, I'm talking now about me, not about you, and not about your text. I'm talking about my text. The outcome of this is often something which is then the common denominator of 15 people, but not necessarily the opinion of any of them. And it can then easily be transferred into a political game um, that that is then monitored and sometimes also steered by, by the institution launching the whole process right yeah um yeah i i would agree with that but i would say that um this is the best um that any such committee could do yeah that, that any committee that well any committee actually can do where you don't have individuals giving advice mm. so you're right on some points if i had written this by myself some points would have sounded differently but i think this this is uh what we can do and and we can be quite outspoken and we try to be quite outspoken on how that what what, what the possible implications of some of those observations are yeah so when when we communicate the the opinion now we are we are outspoken in saying that as as i did initially um coming into this uh room that we cannot fix this by trying to create more ethical products so mm. max fisher uh, famously made the argument that um social networks should be treated or social media should be treated like tobacco products so we should stop trying to create better products but we should think in terms of limiting access mm. so I, I wouldn't fully agree with this um mm. diagnosis but I think we're making an argument of the same quality mm. that if you want to change something about the harms 
and the threats to democracy, you need to change really something about the political economy and not about the ethics. Mm. And by saying this, I think we are making very clear what kind of impl implications would be in line with our overall argument mm. and which ones wouldn't. And it's, it's always possible that someone then picks a sentence from an opinion and says, the European Group on Ethics argued this and they turn it into into something that we really didn't intend. I mean, that, mm. that risk is always there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, perhaps if I may uh, suggest that, uh, we, we could talk a little bit more about the content of the paper and about the opinion as such. Because it, I want to ask you something back before yeah, we do that. Please. So with this observation that you made, that, mm -hmm. that some, some work that comes out of these committees is more tame maybe or lukewarm than it would be if it came from individuals. How, how do you think that should be addressed? I don't know whether it needs to be addressed. I think, I mean, in, in my view, um, I, I would I would put it like this. I think it would be it, it it should be addressed in the sense of that everyone in the that the committee per se should be aware of the limitations uh, that yeah. it has, right? And and also the should be aware of the role that it has in this in this game. And I would not I would not buy the argument that anyone in this game is doing this for any of the the players in the room are doing this for for a better understanding about or purely for a better understanding about what 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 is the case right it's more also there's there's all kinds of roles and all kinds of interests in the room and one should be very much aware of those that that would be and one should also yeah. write i think about but it's very yeah. easy to to tell that right and it's very difficult to do it then in the different positions um you are in such a game, right? But yeah. just to put it on the table now about that paper, I think, I mean, one of the, of course, when there are 15 people who are appointed by the commission for their personal track record, uh, this leads to a composition of a group that is, that is um, specific, right? Um, and it also leads therefore to an underrepresentation of, 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 other views on the matter, I would say. Yeah. Um, and it also leads to a paper, which is then because some groups might be underrepresented, uh, which is not the only view one yeah. could have on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. And, and what can I mean? The reason why I'm asking that is because I'm so much interested in this for my personal yeah. <laughs> involvement in such groups. And I, I don't know yet um, how to, to solve this. And I think your your position, I mean, is much more attractive than mine because the EGE is is someone people listen to, and 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 reading your papers on. And I'm just trying to find out how. Yeah, how. but it may if 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 you're right, and I hope you're right that the EGE is someone who some people listen to is an organization that some people listen to, then it only highlights the salience of, of, of mm. the issues that you've pointed out that mm. are not specific to the EGE, of course, no. mm. but they're particularly, in a way, acute. I think you put it very beautifully when you said it's not the only view that one mm. as a critical and ethical thinker could have. Mm. And, of course, there are only some positions that are and 
positionalities in terms of who people are also, what experiences mm. they've had in terms of being privileged academics, mm. all of us. Mm. Um, and I don't think that the uh, EGE then needs to be, needs to cover every perspective there is. It doesn't need to be a citizen's uh, council. It is an expert mm. group, mm. but there's always, I agree with you that it's always important to, first of all, broaden the range of voices that you hear. We, we try to do that. We have... Um, mm. You had a public hearing also, right? You're yes. also referring to that, yeah. Mm. We have hearings and, and we, we do other exercises. Um, mm. Again, that doesn't help us to include all the perspectives, but we do try to do that. And I think um, uh, reflecting on what we don't represent and what we can't represent and maybe even saying something about this is a very mm. it's a very good mm. thing to do and and that's one of the things i will take home from mm. this that we could all of all of the committees like the ege mm. and, and including us could could do this mm. better no, so. but avoid the word better i just i'm just sharing with you my yeah. my my own as i said my own my own troubles with this. But, but, but I would still really like to invite you, Barbara, to talk a little bit more about the paper because yes. I, not necessarily everyone has read it. Um, so, uh, <laughs> That's a nice way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. um, give me, um, please, uh, or forgive me the question, or, or, or perhaps I, no, perhaps we do it the other way. I tell you what I read out of it yes. and, then, and then you're telling me what, what, what I missed. So what I read out of it was first you are suggesting um, another concept of democracy in the sense of that we should not only be interested in the majority needs to win, um, that democracy needs more um, of understanding what it is about. And second, that you are very concerned um, as a group on how how democracy is at peril because of, I mean, I think this is even the first sentence you are yeah. using, yeah, that, that democracy is at peril. That you are um, very concerned about uh, the, the, the disruption coming with digitalization or a new media or social media, whatever you call it. So everything that comes with platforms, perhaps even the right term could be platform in our European society and that you describe the risks beautifully and that you then suggest some solutions um, how to better deal with this, including in particular education, education, education and, 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 and the broader understanding of the phenomenon. Um, okay. This is not exactly how I would read the second part. So the first part um, I read ex exactly, or I understand yeah. exactly as, as you as you summarized it. Um, I'll get to that the understanding of democracy um, in a bit. I I I didn't understand us as saying that there are platforms that disrupt or threaten democracies. I think it's not do the platforms doing that. I think it's the the and 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 that's what we try to convey in the opinion. It's the re retreat of democratic control over more and more spheres of of life and the, the increasing reliance also of public bodies 
on technological solutions that are privately owned. Yeah, okay, that's, I mean, this this is the more precise description of what I mean when I say platforms, right? Yeah, so but, I, but the agency yeah. is different. So yeah. the, in a way, the culprit, if you, yeah. if you will, are not the platforms, right? Mm. And I think here we are, we, 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 we're different from other accounts that really see the platforms or social media as the culprits that came in and did the bad things. I think that, that policies... We mm. think that policies and and um, regulation, in the broader sense, is the culprit in in that it let that happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. this this leads us back to the beginning where we said that law might also be a technology in the sense that yeah. you are interested in. So I completely understand that part. Still, still, the reason why I was using the term platform was, or is that that. And please don't take this as criticism, but that was one of the feelings that I had when reading the paper was you're constantly talking about non-European phenomenons on mm -hmm. a European, mm -hmm. uh, in a U European environment because you right. are requested by the commission to do that. And, 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 and the elephant in the room is how you would do that, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, yeah. that, uh, and this is why I'm, I was using, or I am using the term platforms here because the the target, when it comes to the legal target, in most of the most of the acts you are you are mentioning, uh, the most important target are non-European, often U.S. platform companies um, that. If you make the point in the way I understand it, that should be regulated differently than they are at the moment. I think they shouldn't have the, 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 those spaces that they occupy should not have been left to those yeah. platforms to start with. And, and one important recommendation that we made for me personally, that's the most important recommendation is that um, one important way to protect democracies in the digital age is to insulate the satisfaction of basic needs of people from market mechanisms. And mm. and people might then say, oh, what does this have to do with digital, right? Mm. Nothing. I think it has a lot to do with the digital because when people don't have to worry about buying housing, buying education for their children, mm. um, or communicating with their hospitals, with their doctors, um, getting access to healthcare. When when those things are provided um, to everyone, in independent of their ability to pay, then we're insulated from some of the the data harms that come from um, consumer profiling, that come from um, from ad tracking and other harms that, or from the idea that people now should be paid for their data um, mm. individually, the monetization of individual um, data. So we, we, we protect citizens from those harms by doing that. Mm. And, and that's an argument about organizing the economy in a particular way. Mm. So I don't think that the solution consists of regulating platforms differently, mm. primarily. And I don't think that that's the argument we want to make. Mm. Um, at, at least th that's how well we didn't intend to make that argument mm -hmm. that the regulation of platforms in terms of the of platforms as infrastructure is an important endeavor as well mm. that that is obvious but I mm. wouldn't say that that's the most important implication mm -hmm. of, of our analysis 
okay, so uh, I, I mean, I, I know that argument quite well because I know you, Baba, and I know your arguments very well about um, how how to reorganize uh, the relation between um, basic needs people have and 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 how they are covered in a modern society in in Europe. I'm, however, not really a hundred percent sure whether this is something somebody not knowing your own individual academic work would read out of the mm -hmm. of the opinion um in i i think I, i try to read it in that way without knowing what you your own position is i think that the this argument that i'm trying to make which is the target is non-european infrastructures yeah, yeah. Um, uh, is is rather prominent, or or at least visible. That's uh, You're there, right. right? You're right. So yeah, yeah. yeah. That the, in in the sense that the the entities that yeah. occupy those spaces that should not have been left yeah. to commercial entities are non-European entities, and that that is a problem for regulation. Yeah. You're absolutely right, and that brings me also to the next question, then, which is what to do then now. I mean, the 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 addressee of this is the Commission, and if I understand your points, uh, then then I would ask myself. I mean, this is not really digital, right? It's the, yeah. and and then probably the whole debate in the Commission would already start. Which Directorate General is in charge of yeah. this, and and how should this ever end up in 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 a directive or in a regulation or whatsoever? And And is the European Union competent for this? And and the whole, you know, the the whole day-to-day -day political nightmare, uh, which is very different from uh, we need a new Digital Services Act or we need an AI Act or we need this or that Act, which is clearly digital and there is a there is a directorate for that and 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 it's within the the traditional way how Brussels is doing politics and yeah but that I see yeah. maybe that that is in a in a roundabout way the an the answer to your question about about independent advice i don't think our role is to accept the premises of of particular ways of policy making in yes. the way that we we frame the question and in the way that we give our answers so if this is a big solution that requires going acting across different DGs and different policy yeah. fields then that's what it is okay If that's what it requires I think our role is to ask the big and try to answer the big questions and not mm -hmm. to not to um, to give at least not in this opinion not to give um, detailed advice on specific legal instruments and how they could deal with With some of the some aspects of those problems, mm -hmm. and you could then say, okay, then it's ineffective what you're doing. <laughs> I think that's a that would be a, a provocation that uh, has some merit as a trade-off between being relevant and 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 being right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to be too provocative here, but I would still like to ask you then whether you think that. Whether this, what, what? I mean, I understand. I need to ask the question differently. So, I, I understand your point that uh, that that you don't need to care about, and that you don't want to care about how this is then implemented in day-to-day -day politics in Brussels. Uh, we do care about it, but it's not your primary target. To it to, can't constrain yeah. our analysis. I think. Yeah. 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 So the question then is, who is the target reader of this then? 
is it just the president of the commission or is it is i mean you you if if this should have an impact on how brussels is organized or brussels i mean the commission how how the commission is is reorganizing its work their work on democracy in an in a digital era how who should read that and 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 what should be the outcome of having read it then if it's not if it's not something like we don't we it's it's wrong to emphasize that this is about digital right it's more about the structural fundamental societal mm -hmm. implications of how we organize our lives in, in, in a digital era exactly. but yeah, yeah. But then it's not about digital, right? It's about us. No, as you're right. Yeah. You're right. So, yeah. so the 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 mandate for us was not to provide um, ex um, advice on how digital platforms should be regulated. Yeah. Um, but the the mandate was to provide an opinion on protecting democracy in the digital era, uh, with specific um, emphasis on foreign interference, which we have a mm. section on. Um, uh, with specific emphasis on um, the role of, uh, of of public spaces and the potential to create um, more ci civic empowerment and and, civ and strengthen civil to civil society actors. Mm. So that was the mandate. So in that sense, um, my answer to your question of who's the target audience is that. It is decommissioned. Mm. We handed over this particular opinion to um, the commissioner uh, for um, democracy and demography, Dubravka mm. Schwitzer. Mm. So the questions of how, in, in what sense democracies are to be understood, we haven't covered this yet mm. in the digital era and in what what are the challenges in protecting certain interests and rights of people that are still the same as in the paper age, but the ways in which they are challenged and in the, way, the ways in which they should be protected have changed? Mm. I think that's a relevant question that we want to convey to, to, to all commissioners and actually all uh, European institutions. So mm. we hope that also members of the European Parliament and other institutions and wider uh, groups read the opinion and and give us feedback or, or yeah. find inspiration in it not we're not um suggesting that this is the end all um you know conclusive um uh, and definitive advice that could be given on democracy in the digital age as such mm -hmm. and certainly we didn't set out because we could not have we didn't set out to really do a fine-grained analysis of all the legis legislative initiatives going on mm. um, at the moment and 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 comment on um, how each of those should be continued so that this was not within the remit of, of this opinion yeah, yeah. Um, I mean one of the uh, interesting sentences that you are or statements that you're making is that 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 you are just one of quite some groups dealing with ethics in the digital era in democracies and and you are mentioning I think about 10 other organizations such as the WTO, OECD, and I don't know who else. Quite some, quite some of them, and and you're just one. I I would, I I I would, I would, however, ask the question a little bit differently because you you now said okay we are we are in in a big, big 
or we're trying to draw the big picture and there are other players who also try, try to draw the big picture and we are not consulting on on this or that legal act because this is too too I don't know technical or too 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 bothersome or too too I don't know I don't want to use any word here but the, the outcome of all this however is very technical and it's mm -hmm. just another proposal from the commission at the very end in this or that way right and my view on the or my my perspective on this is that if we have seen anything in the last years from von der Leyen's commission then it was an outstanding activity when it mm -hmm. comes to different legal acts that were suggested in order to to solve some of the problems that you rightly describe in yes. in in your in 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 your opinion however not asking the most fundamental question with which we started this uh, conversation today which is in how far is another legal instrument the right instrument here how should we really put this into law uh, and how should the commission put this into law in 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 an environment that is very very technology driven which is very much non-european driven and where a group like yours is just one of many yeah. groups having an opinion on that yeah what well, what would your answer be to i mean my answer would be that of course this question cannot be answered with one new legislative yeah. instrument so i think it will require um, legislative instruments in various policy fields, mm. some that are not directly related to what people consider the digital. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely, so, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, this is one of the key messages we want to yeah. convey. And the other message before <laughs> before I, <laughs> I, sorry, I let you answer the question that I asked you. Um, <laughs> um, the, the other thing is that it's quite it was quite important to us to point out that, I mean, quoting Ranziman, democracies in the 21st century will not end in the way they did or they mm. don't end in the way that they did in the 20th mm. and one of the big risks today is that we keep trusting democracies when they no longer work so um we can't or we're going we're taking a very dangerous path as society if we think that protecting democracies means merely of course that's important as well but if it means merely um, ensuring that um, elections are free and and technologies can't be tampered with and um, there's more there's better content management on platforms so people cannot mm. be quote unquote manipulated but we we emphasize that democracies have to be understood also co as consisting of the fundamental rights and values that democracies set out to protect and that underpin mm. them and that then it's impossible to to conclude from this that there would be one legal instrument mm. that would fix this. But what, what would your answer be? My answer, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't give just one answer. I could, I, I would need to give at least two. One of them would be we need to have a clear understanding about the efficacy of law. Mm -hmm and of the traditional instruments the commission is using when it comes to hard law, which is an empirical question and not so much a legal one. Yeah. Uh, and, and my second answer would probably be we need, we, we need a better answer to the question how academic research is to be separated on academic analysis is to be separated from 
consultancy work and yeah. and and making suggestions that would be my second answer probably and this is hard i mean in particular the second question is very hard to tell right so you're saying academic analysis should be better separated in ter- in terms of more clearly or what would better be better would mean probably more, more yeah no not more clearly but probably um more um more or less depending on stakeholder or or roles that we are playing outside the pure academic analysis right mm-hmm. we are we are playing roles and 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 committees and 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 opinion leaders and advisors and so on all of all of us are playing roles in this and and it's not always clear enough in my view um to to separate the one role which is advising from the other role which is independent analysis yeah Yeah so you, you if i understand you correctly you would say that if people have more than one of those roles they need to make clear in what capacity they speak yes yeah also in in written documents and yes. also yeah 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 i think you're very right there mm-hmm. yeah but barbara perhaps just to close this perhaps this very nice conversation at least for me very nice conversation and very fruit bringing conversation i would like to ask you two questions um actually three questions the first one would be a very banal one which is what is the impact of the paper so far so is there any reaction that you see uh in in brussels or outside brussels that 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 is worth to be reported The second question would be what would you suggest what would you suggest that academics should do in 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 this time where we are um where where democracy is at peril as as you as a group state and the third question would be I would like to repeat a question that I was asked last week uh, in another very different environment it was um it was a panel debate about uh urbanization in Europe and and someone from the audience I had the privilege to be on the panel and someone from the audience uh, asked me then whether I thought that we were still living in a democracy and I had quite some trouble in answering that question <laughs> and I would like if you want I would like to ask you to answer also that question at the end <laughs> okay um the first one was on the impact yes um I don't know I don't know what the impact is. I haven't even seen who has read as mm. far as it's possible to say that based on on access data who has read the opinion. Um I do have some conversations lined up with policymakers who have yeah. que- questions at the European level and also at other levels who have questions about it. Mm. Uh, in the sense that they are intrigued um i hope mostly positively but it could also be negatively intrigued um <laughs> by specific suggestions um and analysis in the document that they would like to discuss further mm-hmm. but um this i will mm-hmm. this is still ahead of us so i haven't had those conversation yet we handed over mm-hmm. um just at the end of last month and it's early july as we speak mm-hmm. um so i don't know about the impact yet mm-hmm. I do feel to be very honest that some of our of the EGE's most interesting opinions haven't had very tangible impact yet. 
the future of work opinion, I think, is a really interesting one where we mm. deviate from the received view on some occasions. Mm. And I don't think this has had tangible impact. Mm. But maybe, hopefully, um, when the argument is more fundamental in the sense that it challenges some of, us, some, some of our assumptions that we make, mm. maybe it takes longer for the impact to happen. But it's, it's possible that it does then come at the cost of relevance. I hope not. Mm. That is my honest answer. Mm. I think on, on other occasions we've had some, some immediate impact, but mm. um, on, on this, this uh, and when I, say, when I say the more interesting opinions, I mean more the opinions that, have, that make more challenging and more fundamental uh, points. Mm. So I don't know. It's yet to be seen. Mm. Um, the second question was about, was, was what should academics do? Mm-hmm. I think that's a very, so I cannot answer this as the chair of the EGE. I'm now following uh, <laughs> your very good advice um, to be explicit about the capacity in which I speak. So I'm now speaking as a, as a citizen that's also an academic. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should be hiding behind purely academic analysis. I think, and I, th- I think that you actually do that. Mm. Um, we try to change the world in whatever way we think is good and fitting. Mm. You do that, for example, by running this podcast, which brings, mm. which influences public debate, brings mm. positions to sometimes that are marginalized or controversial into the public domain, and that is advocacy in some way. So mm. when, I, when I say advocacy, I don't mean partisan advocacy. Mm. I think when we, do, when we do that, we need to, mm. we need to be open about that. So mm. I, but I can say that based on years of empirical analysis on a particular topic, there are some policy options that seem with respect to some goals that I need to explicate that are better than others mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they are less destructive of, of, of the environment or they are less they are less likely to increase um, social and, and economic um, mm-hmm. um, inequalities. Mm-hmm. So that kind of normative argument I think we need to say and it doesn't need to make whenever whenever it's based on our our research. So we need to then also say mm. this is a, a conclusion that can be drawn on the basis of the of the of the of the, of the empirical work that we've done. So we mm. need to label what we're doing. Mm. But I think everyone who can afford to to to, to advocate for in, in the most basic sense societies that don't destroy the planet and 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 destroy other human beings and and, and non-human entities i think we need to be advocates for that mm-hmm. and 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 again just saying that this then compromises academic standards is missing the point mm-hmm. because we should still do our academic work according to academic standards but we can say that i mean this is discussed also around climate activism at the moment 
that it's possible to make um to derive normative claims from mm. quite strong evidence. And that's actually happening all the time mm. um, in many fields of policy where it's not being declared mm. and in, in many fields of um, um, research as well. Absolutely. So the, the last point, um, do we still live in a democracy? I think in Austria we do still live in a democracy. Mm. Um, I've thought about this carefully, which is why I can give a relatively quick answer now. Mm. Do I think that we see signs um, of deteriorating quality of democracy, yes. Um, we have we see growing social and economic uh, inequalities, sorry, um, which correlates with increasing polarization and um, lack of trust in mm. public institutions. So that's all dangerous for democracies. To quote the former president of the Republic of Austria, Hans Fischer, who said recently, democracy is a living thing, mm. something that needs to be enacted. It's not something that exists in the abstract. Um, and, you know, issues that you work on around mm. the freedom and the independence of media, public support for free and independent media, mm. um, intimidation of journalists. I, th I think Austria doesn't score very well on those regards. On those aspects, I think we mm. have we have deteriorated as a society on those counts. But I think we do still live in a democracy, and it's it's worth fighting for it. Good. <laughs> Thank you very much, Barbara. Thank you. What answer did you give? I said I don't know, <laughs> and I also, I mean, I, and after having answered by I don't know, I said uh, the question is simplistic. Um, but I still don't know, honestly. And one of the reasons why I don't know is th that I read papers such as the paper of your group, right? And all the arguments that you're making that um, I'm coming back to what we said at the beginning, the new technologies or the interplay between the new technologies and the normative environment they are in yeah. have already changed the way people organize themselves and organize their interests in a way that is not longer traditionally at least to be seen as being democratic. Yeah. Um, and therefore my answer is, I mean, my answer would be a very, very legalistic one, which is what? How, how would you define democracy? But if you if you define it in the way that that people that people make their decisions after being properly and freely informed and and believe in what in the process of how these decisions are made, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean. I of course, the question of how we define democracy precedes the answer. Or I say it again: the question of how we define democracy is one that needs to be asked first. We do that. We do that in the opinion. So that yeah. that would be the answer that we give. But I think one thing that I would add, also to our opinion and to the answer that I gave earlier, is that we need more of what scholars call economic economic democracy mm. so cumbers or also um Wagner and bartels who argue that 
people have accepted that they can't really decide on or participate in decisions on everything that affects their lives mm. when it comes to the the economy that the economy and this goes back to Polanyi of course mm. that the economy was established as a sphere that's sort of outside of society and observes mm. its own rules and there's a there's a growing body of scholarship that thinks about how we can gain back democratic control over what what is called the economy mm. and like the digital right yes actually yeah. yes you're right yeah. so yeah. that would be uh, an interesting perspective on yeah. On, on democracy in the digital age to think that through economic democracy. Mm -hmm. I am convinced that if we have economic democracy, then some of the trust issues, trust in democracy, trust in public institution, and also the accountability mm. of decisions on the economy would improve. That's sure. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Thank you again, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much thank for you having very much. me. Yeah, thank you.